I'm Cairo Radio resident historian Felix Bunnell. Welcome to A Stocking Full of Northwest Holiday History, featuring some of my favorite seasonal stories from Seattle's morning news. First up, the magic radio Santa. Stand by for Santa Claus. The Beacon Store, Santa's headquarters for Southwest Washington, presents the most important radio program of the year, Santa's very own, Santa's Magic Radio. We're going to take Santa's Magic Radio and talk to Santa at his North Pole headquarters. So, stand by for Santa Claus. Now, any parents out there about have kids listening, we don't want to reveal any of Santa's secrets, so maybe... Put some earmuffs on, but we have the lost and found voice of a popular radio Santa from Southwest Washington from seventy years ago. Thanks to historian Felix Bunnell. Yeah, well, first of all, let me be very clear. I believe in Santa Claus, and second, I'm a sucker for grown-ups who do things to make the lives of kids more magical. When I was a little kid in the seventies, and I was, I was in my doubting Santa phase, I'd hear those local and national media reports about NORAD tracking Santa's sleigh, and my doubts were permanently erased. So it turns out there were some grown-ups down in Lewis County who did a pretty special thing every year to help Santa. From the 1940s to sometime in the 1980s, for about three weeks before Christmas, radio station KELA in Centralia Chehalis would use a magic radio to connect with Santa Claus at the North Pole for 15 minutes each day. He'd read letters from local kids about what they wanted for Christmas with help from his elf named Tommy Tinker. I stumbled across this story last week when my friend John Jenkins, who founded the incredible Spark Museum up in Bellingham, mm-hmm. sent me a photo of a very old giant record in the museum collection. It's about 16 inches in diameter, requires a special record player. The record label said it was, it was from KELA, and it was marked Santa Claus Program 1950. My brother, who lives up north, grabbed it from Spark for me, and I digitized it during the Seahawk game on Sunday. And we another letter in the same envelope from Carol Smoot of Alaska. She wants a piano for Christmas. She's nine and a half years old. Mama would like a new stove for Christmas. And Daddy would like a new car because our car is falling to pieces. Well, now, isn't that a shame? My goodness, falling to pieces. We're going to have to bring some nuts and bolts and some haywire down there, and we'll put that car back together. And maybe, I don't know, these new cars are awful expensive. Yeah, so I knew this recording was priceless and cool, but I didn't know any of the backstory. Fortunately, I posted a photo of the record label on Facebook, and I heard from a wonderful retired KELA radio guy named Steve Rickert. He grew up in Chehalis and now lives in Beaverton, Oregon. He worked at KELA for 42 years, beginning in 1971. He told me all about the long-running Letters to Santa program that he first heard as a kid back in the 50s. Steve Rickert said a local feed and seed store named Jimmy Vogel played Santa for KELA for about 30 years. He says the show was just plain magic. Santa, actually is reading the letter he got from you on his magic radio out of the North Pole <laughs> with the wind blowing in the background. And Jimmy was good at ad-libbing things about the requests and throwing in little comments and endearing himself even more to the kids and, uh, and by extension, the parents. And it was an opportunity for parents who, who wanted to extend the Christmas feeling that they uh, had back when they were youngsters onto their children and uh, vicariously just wrapping themselves up in that whole that whole feeling. Steve says he's in touch with a lot of Shahela Centralia old-timers on a Facebook page, and he says the Letters to Santa program comes up in online discussions every Christmas. You know, there's so many great moments in this 15-minute recording. You know, Santa, uh, he reads full names and even the street addresses of some kids. 
You wouldn't do that nowadays. They're from places like Centralia, Chehalis, Napa Vine, and Onalaska. Now, we've posted the entire recording at My Northwest, and my hope is that it will get shared far and wide, and maybe some of the kids mentioned can be tracked down. I'd love to hear memories from someone who actually had their letter read aloud on KELA, maybe even on this recording. Now, here's one of my favorite clips, which mentions the whereabouts of an older brother. And here's a nice letter from, let's see, this is from Chehalis or Centralia. It's from Jim Hudson. He says he wants a sailboat, a Red Rider BB gun, a basketball, and he says, bring my big brother Eugene something, too. I think he might be home for Christmas. He is in Korea. And please bring something for my two big sisters, Edna and Temple, and maybe some perfume or hair lotion. And I know you're busy. I hope you'll find time to come by my house. He's seven years old. So the Korean War had just begun that summer of 1950. So I, I'd love to know what happened to Eugene Hudson, who was off of the Korean War and um, coming home to Chehalis or Centralia. And did you catch that part about the Red Rider BB gun? Yeah. Yeah, that's just like Ralphie in A Christmas Story, right. which is right from this very same era, this post-World War II era. Now, here's a, a short clip that I like because it mentions some specific treats that are going to be left out for Santa. He says, I want a fire engine, a sled, a holster set for, with two guns, and the guns in it. And I hope you don't get too tired this Christmas. I'll leave some hot coffee and donuts for you. <laughs> now, Steve Rickard told me one more anecdote about Jimmy Vogel and the Santa show. It seems that in the early years, there wasn't an auxiliary studio for Santa to broadcast from. So, you know, radio is notoriously an inventive and cheap industry, and also somewhat mischievous, too. Um, Efficient, so they, we like to call yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's just it's, we, 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 we're, we work on the fly. Uh, so they ran a microphone cable from the main studio down the hall to the men's room. And uh, Santa did the whole show while sitting on a white porcelain throne. And so mm-hmm. perhaps what happened next was inevitable. Someone has a, a prank. You know, while the show was on the air, went in there and pushed down the, the flush handle on the toilet. And he ad-libbed his way through it. Oh, the winds are kicking up a storm here up at the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh <laughs> Jimmy Vogel, it sounds like he was quite a character. Um, he did, doesn't, didn't have any kids or anything. He might have had some nieces and nephews who might still be around. He passed away in 1979. He ran this thing called Pioneer Feed and Seed, which is the business is still there. It's called something else now, but it's still in the original location. And he hosted a garden show uh, every week um, on, this, on KELA, but he just did this Santa Claus thing every year for some reason. And we don't know the exact, don't know what year it ex- exactly it started or how it came about, but it seems like it was from sometime after World War II until Jimmy passed away, and then they had another person come in and take over and do it for a few years into the early 1980s. And I had never heard of this before, but I've heard from several people now down in this area around Centralia Chehalis. Yeah. This was a thing. This was something that everybody would look forward to. You, you drop your letter off at the Beacon store, which is, I don't think they're around anymore. But then ultimately the Yardbirds started sponsoring it. Newspaper ads with a box where you could drop your letter off for Santa. So it's just... Uh, it's That's just, remarkable that was saved. Christmas and radio grew up together in the 20th century. There's so many radio firsts and magical things happened on Christmas around radio because people were home and they were sitting around with nothing to do and there's so much content available. And it's just the magic of, of the magical part of Christmas, the magical part of radio, it comes together on Christmas. And I just, it just makes, makes the back of my neck tingle just thinking about it. Oh, one thing I asked Steve Rickard, did, did Jimmy Vogel dress up like, like Santa while he was doing the show? And I don't want to ruin the surprise, but no, he didn't dress up like Santa. It's all theater of the mind. So it's just, just an awesome thing. And we have that whole recording at My Northwest. I would love people to play that, share it, listen to it. And if you've come across or know anybody who's on that, on that recording, get in touch with me. My email address is there. And it's just, it's just uh, my favorite story of the year so far. Yeah. And you're right. There's something about the holiday. And it's because, Felix, there's, there's really no news going on. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, you've got to fill the time somehow. And why not have fun doing it? And uh, you're right. There's a rich history of... Uh, of a Christmas broadcast along those lines. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Dave. And we did track down one of the kids mentioned on that old recording, Jim Hudson, 
whose brother Eugene did make it home from Korea. Next up on our stocking full of Northwest holiday history, a story about Northwest Christmas music. Christmas music. You know who that is, right? It's Jimi Hendrix doing Little Drummer Boy. For some reason, <laughs> I don't have that in my collection. <laughs> it's the first time I've heard it. Let's talk about Christmas music with the soaring Felix Spinell. The idea here is that uh, if, if you're tired of the old uh, chestnuts, the Northwest has produced <laughs> its own... Nice it's holiday reference to chestnuts. I like local that. catalog of Christmas yeah. music. Yeah, old chestnuts roasting on a fire. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of early for Christmas music, but it's been such a rough week with the big storm on Monday and Richard Sherman being out for the season, the Huskies losing, you name it. There's been any number of reasons to play the Christmas music early this year. And no offense to Bing Crosby, who grew up in Tacoma, or was, uh, grew up in Spokane, born in Tacoma, or Burl Ives, who spent his twilight years in Anacortes. But there's all this other great local Christmas music that is mostly forgotten nowadays. Let, let's listen to this one. So that's the fabulous Whalers, the Tacoma band. They're on this incredible 1965 Etiquette Records Christmas album. And that's the subject of that song is great. It's about the poor schmuck whose girlfriend goes away to school, whether it's college or boarding school, and only comes home at Christmas time. Uh-huh. And it's going to be a Merry Christmas because she's back for a couple weeks. What a, what a great song and a great melody. And it's, it's a shame it's not better known, but it's a fabulous Northwest Christmas song. I didn't hear that one either. Yeah, how about this one? Long time ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy I've heard the up-tempo version of that. Yeah, that's an old traditional song, and that's the Brothers Four, who were actually fraternity brothers, the UW, and they got a record contract and were a huge folk sensation in the late 50s and early 60s. Their 1966 Christmas Christmas record recently reissued on CD, and it's a great record. It it should be in everybody's collection. And uh, that was Dick Foley, who's a member of that. That's his favorite song on the record. And he's uh, a lector at St. James. Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then how about this one? Oh, Greensleeves. Yeah, it's called Snowflakes. This is The Ventures, that fabulous Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band from Tacoma. And they, you might have heard their version of Sleigh Ride, which sounds like Sleigh Ride filtered through their hit, Walk, Don't Run. <laughs> Don Wilson told me a couple years ago it was his brilliant idea to take all these Christmas songs, traditional mm-hmm. songs and Christmas carols, and filter them through pop songs of 1965. And it's routinely on lists of like the greatest Christmas records of all time, and it's right from right here in Tacoma. And then, of course, who could forget... You better watch all, have yourself a good cry. You better watch all, I'm telling you why. Oh, Uncle Sven is coming to town. Is this okay for radio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, Stan Borson passed away earlier this year at yeah. age 91, and he put out so many great Christmas records. And his novelty songs were based on the work of a guy named Hal Stewart, who was also from Tacoma and performed under the name Yogi Jorgensen. Yogi passed away in the mid-50s, but not before taking Stan under his wing. Wait a his second. Wing. His real name was Hal Stewart. His, his adopted was, name was... His real name was Hal Scarbo, but he went by Hal Stewart. Then he was Yogi Jorgensen, kind of the, uh, the Norwegian mystic who performed these Christmas uh, parodies that Stan Borson adopted and took over after Yogi passed away. Uh, oh, here's, a, here's an honorary member of the Northwest canon. You awake to dancing toys, candy canes. Christmas joys, and I pray your whole life through, angels will watch over you. What year is this? This is from 1967. Cary Grant only had one child, and he had that with Diane Cannon, a Tacoma native who graduated from West Seattle High School. They were married for two years, briefly in the mid-1960s, and so that, I play that so you can practice your Cary Grant for the Holly yeah. Radio play on December 8th. I can't do Cary Grant. I'm going to have to do my own character. (laughs) That's the only thing I can do with Cary Grant. (laughs) Do we have time for this last one? Or is this we have to direct people to the web? Go ahead and play this one here. You got to hear the whole song here. So let's play out to the end. So, <laughs> they so, cut my hair, and now they're going to give me the chair? Yeah, that's Ron Holden, Ron Holden Thunderbirds, part of a great local musical family, and that's a song, probably the only Christmas song where the protagonist ends by it die, dies at the end of the song in the electric chair. I see. Well, that's <laughs> what a sound of the season that is. Yeah, forget White Christmas. This is what you got to play this year. Christmas music wasn't invented in the Northwest, but one 20th century holiday tradition actually does trace its roots to Seattle during World War II. When Santa makes up his list, you know that you won't be missed, cause who tells him where to go, your Uncle Mistletoe. <laughs> and climbing out of Santa's big pack, here he is, resident historian Felix Bennell, a special Thursday edition since yesterday was uh, holiday magic, and this is a, a little-known piece of American Christmas history, which I didn't realize originated here in Seattle. Yeah, and it's, you know, Santa's been a fixture in American stores since about 1890 in Brockton, Massachusetts. But this notion of uh, combining Santa Claus with photo- photography and selling photos to parents, that's relatively new compared to 1890, and we think it was invented right here in Seattle. You know, it's, it was a highlight of the holiday season, particularly at Frederick & Nelson, that great old department store that everyone seems to love. Nordstrom's flagship store is in the old Frederick's building. During the World War II years, when baby boomers were you know, first on the scene and the predecessors of the baby boomers, that was the place to visit Santa Claus. And in 1943, they moved Santa from deep within the bowels of the building and put him in a window there out on the street. Right, and right across the street was the P.I.'s old building. Not, not the one with the big globe on it, but back in the 40s, the P.I. was kitty-cornered from Fredericks. And there was this guy named uh, Art French. Well, first, before we hear about Art, let's hear this vintage recording of the Santa from Fredericks in Seattle from the 1940s. What's your name, honey? My name, Daddy, because I, I thought you meant my me. Oh, and what do you want for Christmas? I want a doll crib. A doll crib, what else? And a little um, doll that comes in a wag. And what else? <laughs> That's all. That's all. She only yeah, wants two things. That's sweet. Such wow. a sweet recording. Anyway, so this guy named Art Happy French, and Happy was an ironic nickname for Art French. He was a photographer at the PI, kind of a dour guy. He looked out across the street and saw all these kids lined up and all their parents, and he had an idea. 
1944, he took a month off from the P.I. and ran a Santa Claus photo business in cooperation with Fredericks and made something like $10,000, which was three times his annual salary. And the only reason we know this is because Time Magazine did a story in March of 1946 about how this business had developed, how Happy French had quit his job at the P.I. and was, you know, doing Santa photos. And it's, you know, it's... It's pretty amazing. His portraits are, he was using a large format camera, and the, everyone in Seattle, families who lived here in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, have pictures from Fredericks. And the Santa was played by a guy named Dave Harris, who was a radio actor. That voice we heard was a guy named Dave Harris. He was Santa from 1942 to 1968. I only have one guy left that worked at Fredericks. He's a 86-year-old Phil Elbrum. He's working at Lake Forest Park in the old Fredericks set, the cozy cloud cottage with the gold throne, fireplace, hidden photographer. You know, as we get closer to Christmas Eve, you can go there most nights, and it's all it's all Frederick stories. We've been doing this for 40 years, and we're the fourth generation, and it's still, it still carries some, some weight. See, Art French died in 1962, but the Vito family took over the business, and they're still running it today. That was Hillard Vito. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's actually, what he was describing <laughs> was there's still a chunk left. They have the old Frederick set, the Golden Throne and the fireplace, and it's up at Lake Forest Park, the shopping center there. And there's two more shifts for one of the last remaining living Frederick Nelson Santa Clauses, Santa wow. Phil. Um, so that's going to happen. He's going to be there this Sunday and then on Christmas Eve. And it's pretty amazing because... Um, you know, it's Frederick and Nelson. The, the Seattle Times had a big story earlier this week. There's, there's still these active group of former Fredericks employees who get, get together. And you hear other cities had their own department stores that had similar reputations. But it seems like Seattle, again, has this sort of weird anomalous thing about customer service and love of our retail more than yeah. any other place in the country. I don't know what that is. But Santa Claus, I actually called Santa Phil because they're not sure if this is going to be his last year or not. Uh, they always say that on Christmas Eve, he says whether he's going to come back. And I said, Santa, are you going to come back again? He said, well, if God lets me, lets me live longer, I'll be back. But he had this message for the Cairo listeners. Merry Christmas to all the listeners of Cairo Radio. Ho, ho, ho. Sounds like he's in pretty good shape to me. Yeah, very robust. Grew up in North Dakota and a Korean war vet. Wow. So there it is. Uh, monetizing Santa began right it here. It happened right here. Yeah, and there's no proof of this, but no other city claims it. Mm-hmm. And they, there's enough evidence there. This Time Magazine article, there's the original right there. I think it documents it pretty well, so mm-hmm. I believe it. We'll have more surprises from our stocking full of Northwest holiday history on Cairo Radio with me, Felix Bunnell, right after this. Join Cairo Radio and Treehouse for another year of holiday magic, helping provide a holiday gift for more than 5,000 children in foster care statewide for 33 years. Text MAGIC to 888-973-5476 to find out how. Join Compassion and give hope to a family in extreme poverty. Share your $40 one-time gift when you text the word GIVE to 83393. You're out with friends and a few drinks becomes a few too many. And you decide to drive anyway. What's the worst that can happen? 
Drive sober or get pulled over. I highly recommend the Subaru Puyallup. We were in and out in less than 45 minutes, stress-free. Subaru will donate $250 to select national and local charities during the Subaru Share to Love event. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms can mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. It's cold outside, and if you're noticing it's taking forever to heat your home, there are cold spots in certain rooms, your furnace turns off and on a lot, or it never stops, or maybe your energy bill is just way too high. These are all warning signs that your home needs a blanket. There may be something wrong with your insulation, which means not only are you uncomfortable in your own home, but you could be wasting hundreds or thousands of dollars a year in lost energy. Call Insulation Northwest today, and we'll send one of our professionals to give you a fast, free energy inspection to determine if there is a problem. And if there is a problem, we can fix it fast. Most jobs are completed in one day. But if your home's blanket is fine, we'll tell you and never sell you something you don't need. You have nothing to lose. The inspection is free and only takes about an hour and could save you thousands. Keep the heat in, the cold out, and your energy bill low. Call Insulation Northwest today. Insulation Northwest, the real insulation company. InsulationNorthwest.com People ask me, Dave Ross, what's your favorite holiday? And I tell them, it's the one where the roof doesn't leak. No matter how hard it rains or how hard it snows, because nothing ruins a holiday like a wet ceiling falling on the baked ham. So call State Roofing like I did, because their gift to you is zero down, zero interest, zero payments for 12 months. It's the gift of not paying a penny until December 2022. They roof rain or shine, and look at this. The State Roofing Carolers are here. Have some hot chocolate. State Roofing, the best roof you'll ever need. Hey, it's Todd Herman for Dr. Lee Yardley, D.C. at the Yardley Institute. You know, I've met hundreds of patients of Dr. Yardley. I've talked with probably 30 of them. I want to tell you a tale of two patients. One person had arthritis. She couldn't move her hands anymore, couldn't garden. Other gentleman had been a fighter, worked on a factory floor, big, big dude, could no longer turn his head side to side, was facing surgery. Now, our arthritis patient, she was told, that's it, you need the pills, got to stay on the pills your whole life. The gentleman was facing a fusing of his neck. Dr. Lee Yardley looked at this in a different way. He looked at the brain-body connection. Is it compromised? And it was with both of these patients. Dr. Lee Yardley, in a very gentle, non-invasive way, restored the brain-body connection of both those folks, and things are monumentally better. He's done it for me. He's done it for people with fibromyalgia, with sciatica, with neuropathy, and he can help you. If you're in pain, call and see if you're a candidate for care at the Yardley Institute. 866-704-1047. 866-704-1047. Spend your holidays at Miner's Landing on Seattle's historic waterfront on Pier 57. Enjoy a spectacular four-course dinner at Fisherman's Restaurant or a wheel dinner above it all in a warm and cozy gondola on Seattle's Great Wheel. Looking for something more intimate? How about a champagne toast with appetizers and party favors on the wheel to ring in the new year? Plus, a spectacular midnight light show. Space is limited. Book now at Fisherman'sRestaurantSeattle.com and spend New Year's Eve at Miner's Landing on Pier 57.
How about a simple New Year's resolution, one that even I was able to achieve? Reverse the clock on hair loss with Advanced Hair's simple one-day FUE treatment. You'll feel more confident and more youthful when you witness your own natural hair growing into those places that have been balding or thinning for years. I'm surprised and relieved every time I look in the mirror. You need to know what that feels like. From Advanced Hair's breakthrough technology to their highly experienced team, there is no one I would trust more than Advanced Hair Restoration. I experienced their exceptional standard of care firsthand. Your comfort and your results are the top priority of the entire Advanced Hair team. Celebrate this new year with a fuller head of hair and get a free consultation, $250 off, and 250 free hair grafts. Call 425-449-8185. That's 425-449-8185. 185. Discover what meeting your resolutions could look like with the before and after pictures at advancedhair.com. For 33 years, Holiday Magic has helped make the holidays brighter for children and youth in foster care. When a child receives a holiday gift or a winter coat, they create memories that last long after the chill of winter. Join Cairo Radio and Treehouse and share the joy of the holiday season. Text MAGIC to 888-973-5476 to learn how you can help the more than 5,000 children in foster care statewide. Text MAGIC to 888-973-5476 to give now. Brent Wilcox of Wilcox Family Farms. Family, that's what this time of year is all about and has been for generations. Over the past hundred years, many of you have invited Wilcox Family Farms to your table. And for this, we're thankful. You're the reason that my family continues to take great care of the land as well as the hens that provide us with the freshest, best-tasting organic eggs on any table. From Wilcox Family Farms, Happy Holidays. You've created a cozy home retreat. Now let Carrier provide the quiet, efficient heating you can depend on all winter with a range of innovative heating solutions that deliver premium comfort and warmth. Carrier, turn to the experts. All Seasons has the perfect carrier system to keep your home comfortable. You create the cozy, and All Seasons will provide the comfort. Call All Seasons today. All Seasons, serving the greater Tacoma area for over 20 years. Now, from the Cairo Radio News Center at MyNorthwest.com. I'm Nicole Jennings. Some state law makes session of the legislature next week to repeal the state's new long-term care insurance. They don't want workers to have to pay the tax starting January 1st until it's decided if the program will be eliminated or altered. And they're saying, well, we're going to pay the tax back after the legislature gets in the session. But really, we're going to collect this tax from folks who are barely make it in some cases as it is and just hold it for them. That's Senate Republican leader John Braun in an interview provided to us by the state GOP. The coming tax will be taken from the paychecks of everyone who earns W-2 income and averages more than 12 and a half hours a week. Well, this sounds like something created by the Grinch. There's a nationwide shortage of Santa Clauses. Cairo 7 TV's L. Thomas explains. According to this year's Red Suit survey, one in five Santas did not return to work. The pandemic presenting new concerns for a largely at-risk group. Santa Tim has proudly donned the red suit for 10 years. Because of COVID, this is his last. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hang up the red uh, belt trousers. Santa says things like masks, distancing, and vaccination status are driving other Santas out of the industry. But for Santa Tim, the pandemic brought perspective. Santa Tim tells Thomas that he's reminded that life is short and he's going to make sure he lives the time that he has left to the fullest. 
Your Cairo Radio forecast calls for a mix of rain and some slushy snow through Christmas Day. After that, a stretch of really cold weather is coming that could last through the first week of January and bring in total a foot of snow. I'm Nicole Jennings, Cairo News Radio. For breaking news, highlights, podcasts, and more, download the Cairo Radio app. Cairo Radio, here for what's next. Welcome back to Stocking Full of Northwest Holiday History. I'm Cairo Radio resident historian Felix Bennell. In our next story, the extraordinary connection between Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Anna Cordes. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has been a fixture on national television every year since 1964. But not many people know that the animated narrator of the show, remember Sam the Snowman, has a direct connection to the Northwest. So our resident historian Felix Bennell went in search of that story. Felix. You watched the show growing up, right? You watched oh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Absolutely, yeah. yeah I still watch it now. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, I missed the December 1st broadcast of it, but I have the DVD, of course, like any good modern parent. Now, the direct connection, Burl Ives, the Academy Award-winning actor who did the voice of the narrator, Sam the Snowman, he lived in Anacortes up in Skagit County on Fidalgo Island from 1989 until he passed away in 1995. He and his wife, Dorothy, who passed away in 2016, they left something of a Rudolph legacy in Anacortes, which we'll get to in a moment. Now, I spoke with Maggie Murphy, Burl and Dorothy's granddaughter. She, she still lives in Anacortes, and she spent her teenage years around the couple, I was curious. I know what that show means to me as someone who started watching it when I was a little kid in the 70s. But what did this what did this old TV show that he starred in mean to Burl Ives and his family? The big deal was when Rudolph was on, our grandmother would call everyone. Okay, Rudolph's on tomorrow. Rudolph's starting in 10 minutes, you know, something like that. And you knew that everyone was watching it at the same time. And that's what was really cool, that you, there were families all over the country watching this at the same time you were. It's a very awesome tradition. Yeah, I love those big box network shows that you knew everyone was watching at the same time. Um, of course, it's very different with DVDs now. Now, Maggie was in her 20s when her grandfather passed away. She said she never sat down and watched Rudolph with him. But she shared an old interview with me from the 70s where Burl Ives says he'd watched the broadcast 15 years in a row at that point and was going to watch it again that year. He apparently loved that he was Sam the Snowman, and he said in 1978 that he never got tired of singing the Rudolph song. Now, speaking of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I hear Burl Ives on the radio a lot this time of year. So anyhow, I asked Maggie Murphy, what's it like when you hear your own grandfather's voice at Christmas time? It makes me smile from within. You know, in the grocery store, it happens a lot this time of year. And you're running around during the hustle and bustle of the holidays. And I, I hear that very distinct voice, you know, in the distance. And it's it's just like a lucky little wink that I give to myself. It's a reminder. He's, he's there and wow, that voice is amazing, and you forget. I forget sometimes how how incredible his voice really was, but when, you, when you're when you in a setting where everything's kind of chaotic and I hear that over the loudspeaker, it just, yeah, puts a smile on my heart, that's for sure. <laughs> that's just cool. I'm jealous of that, to be in the grocery store and have the, you know, hear your grandfather's voice in the distance. So the Burl and Dorothy Ives legacy in Anacortes. First of all, um, Burl did a number of benefit concerts there 30 years ago to raise money for local causes. By all accounts, you know, I talked to the mayor a couple days ago, uh, Burl and Dorothy were generous and active members of the community, which is really cool. Um, they also, for their home on Oaks Avenue right there in town, they commissioned a local artist named Eddie Strivens in the early 1990s to make a series of nearly 20 two-dimensional wooden figures as holiday decorations. 
Now, these just weren't any old holiday decorations. They're all characters from Rudolph, measuring anywhere from about two feet to almost eight feet tall. And they'd set them up in their yard each year, and the people of Anacortes loved them. They'd drive by, they'd stop and get out and take pictures with their kids. A lot of people have, you know, pictures from different years showing their kids at different heights, standing next to the different, you know, Rudolph, Yukon, Cornelius, Herbie, of course, Sam the Snowman with his vest and his Burl Ives face and beard. I mean, they they really did nail Burl Ives and that snowman. We're very similar in body types. And they really, uh, Maggie says it, it really looks like Grandpa there on the TV screen. So, in my mind, I picture, you know, these, these cutouts in the front yard of this house right on Oaks Avenue and then people walking by, you know, in their earmuffs and their hats and your grandfather comes out on the porch and waves and sings Holly Jolly Christmas and maybe Rudolph and something and kind of everyone like goes up and he's wearing a little vest and has his little beard trimmed and everything. But am I, am I, am I just in a fantasy land is what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they put him out. They love that people love to come and see him. But I, I don't think that, you know. He's not out there with a pitcher of hot chocolate refilling people's cups and adding marshmallows and stuff? Yeah, no, no, not really. <laughs> so so I just created essentially a Burl Ives fantasy land in my mind around these decorations. Um, now, Burl and Dorothy's other granddaughter, Samantha Burton, said her grandmother only displayed those things for a few more years after Burl passed away in 1995. She said it was an emotional holiday season that first Christmas after her grandfather had passed away. So the decorations went into storage in the 1990s. Um, Samantha displayed them for her kids and their classmates at their acreage in the early 2000s, but then they went back into the garage until just a couple years ago when the family donated all the Rudolph characters to the Anacortes Museum. And since 2017, the museum has displayed them outdoors at Washington Park at Anacortes as part of a holiday thing called the Wonderland Walk. Um, of course, that's not happening this year. Museum director Brett Lunsford says that uh, because of the pandemic, it's just a little different. We can't have them at the Wonderland Walk, and we can't uh, invite people into the museum, so we've put them in the windows, and like everybody else, they're waving out from the Anacortes Museum uh, to all the people that care. And I just just yesterday I was... Uh, putting up some lights to illuminate them in the windows. And uh, I saw somebody walking across the lawn of the museum to pose for their own selfie with Sam the Snowman. So that warmed my heart. So that's cool. Even though they, they aren't on display outside, you can actually see them 24 hours a day at this museum there in Anacortes. Now, Maggie Murphy and her family are thrilled about how much the museum and the community have continued to embrace her grandparents and the whole Rudolph-Sam the Snowman legacy. And she loves that the decorations come out every year, even during the pandemic. Do you have a favorite one of those cutouts? Maybe that's a dumb question. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I do have a favorite, Yukon. Wait, wait a minute. Your favorite <laughs> is Yukon? That's not, wait a second. I thought your favorite was going to be Sam the Snowman. <laughs> well, of course it's Sam the Snowman, but I also, I loved his character the best. You know, it's, it's odd enough that an animated version of your grandfather comes on TV every year and that you hear him singing in the grocery store. But being Burl Ives' granddaughter means all kinds of unusual privileges. And I ordered a little Sam the Snowman. He lights up. He's in my window. And the other night I was getting out of my car, taking in some groceries, and a lady was walking by. And she goes, I love the Burl Ives in your window. And I went, oh, thank you. And it was just so cool because it's like he's just that person. He's that snowman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how lucky are you? Not many people can go, to the, go online and buy a light-up version of their grandfather. Exactly. <laughs> My personal hope was that Anacortes becomes world famous for its connection to Burl Ives and to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, sort of like a little Christmas village year-round for this kind of bizarre but very cool connection. And by all accounts, I mean, the city embraced Burl and Dorothy Ives 30 years ago, and they, they hugged them right back. It was a really strong connection between this, this Hollywood couple and this cool northwest city up on Fidalgo Island. 
We'll be right back with more surprises from Cairo Radio's stocking full of Northwest holiday history. Great prices and old-fashioned service for brakes, mufflers, and tune-ups. Financing available at the 16 Bucky's Complete Auto Repair locations. No appointment needed. Check Bucky's.com. The Cairo Radio Text Line is brought to you by State Roofing. Paid political announcement. This is Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, and I'm honored to serve the South Sound. My office is here to help you with tax refunds, Social Security, the VA, passports, Medicare, the child tax credit, and more. We've already recovered more than $2 million for taxpayers, and we look forward to helping you. Please call me at 360-459-8514 or visit strickland.house.gov. This ad was paid for by official funds authorized by the U.S. House of Representatives. I'm Bradley Johnson with 1-800-DUI-AWAY, and I want to talk to you about the holidays. They're a time for friends, family, good food, and ugly sweaters. But they're also when cops are out in full force, looking to pull you over and find evidence of DUI. During the holiday months at 1-800-DUI-AWAY, we see DUI arrests skyrocket. So if instead of carolers coming to your house, it's a summons to court, call 1-800-DUI-AWAY. We have over 25 years of experience keeping the holidays joyous because too much of Grandma Betty's eggnog can easily take you on a midnight sleigh ride to jail. Call 1-800-DUI-AWAY or go to 1-800-DUI-AWAY.com to set up a free private consultation in Seattle, Bellevue, Everett, or Tacoma. Don't drink and drive this holiday season because if you're caught driving with a nose too red and cheeks too jolly, you'll be calling 1-800-DUI-AWAY. 1-800-DUI-AWAY! It's cold outside, and if you're noticing it's taking forever to heat your home, there are cold spots in certain rooms, your furnace turns off and on a lot, or it never stops, or maybe your energy bill is just way too high. These are all warning signs that your home needs a blanket. There may be something wrong with your insulation, which means not only are you uncomfortable in your own home, but you could be wasting hundreds or thousands of dollars a year in lost energy. Call Insulation Northwest today, and we'll send one of our professionals to give you a fast, free energy inspection to determine if there is a problem. And if there is a problem, we can fix it fast. Most jobs are completed in one day. But if your home's blanket is fine, we'll tell you and never sell you something you don't need. You have nothing to lose. The inspection is free and only takes about an hour and could save you thousands. Keep the heat in, the cold out, and your energy bill low. Call Insulation Northwest today. Insulation Northwest, the real insulation company. InsulationNorthwest.com Higher end homes deserve the best products and finishes to increase their value. When it comes to windows and doors, there isn't a better material than fiberglass. Used in airplanes and boats, fiberglass is simply the best. Aiden here, owner of Lake Washington Windows and Doors. Our priority is to evaluate your home and share the best recommendation for windows and doors considering their design, energy efficiency, and lifetime value. We often recommend Milgard C650 fiberglass windows for homes that deserve the very best. Fiberglass windows are eight times stronger than vinyl. Because of their strength, fiberglass frames are ideal for large windows to create walls of glass that allow in light and maximize the view. 
Milgard fiberglass windows are paintable, low maintenance, and Energy Star rated. And with Lake Washington Windows' exclusive Leak Armor installation, your Milgard fiberglass windows carry a full warranty. If you want the best, choose fiberglass windows from Lake Washington Windows and Doors. Have new windows installed now and don't pay for them till 2023 with zero down, zero payments, and zero interest. Lake Washington Windows and Doors, a name you can trust. My name is Jack Lamb. I'm the CEO and owner here at Aslan Brewing Company in beautiful Bellingham, Washington. We're an organic brewery, about 80 employees. I'm a member of AWB because I know that they're advocating for me as a business. One of the greatest benefits of being a member of AWB is AWB's health choice. It's amazing. I mean, it beats all the other competition, all the other quotes I get from my insurance. We look to health choice to round out that compensation package to truly make it Um, sustainable for us long term when we know we have to save a lot of our money to give back to the community this helps us really inject worth and value into our employees it really does the job for me if you're a business owner looking for a great health care plan for your employees visit propointservices.com health choice trust is sponsored by the association of washington business and powered by primera blue cross Hey, this is Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, when you order from Pizza Hut, you can get a scratch-off game card that includes some really great prizes, like a jersey autographed by me. You can also win behind-the-scenes access to the Seahawks, including game tickets or free Pizza Hut pizza for a year. So order online at PizzaHut.com. Pizza Hut, the official pizza of the Seattle Seahawks. Enjoy, my friend. Restrictions apply. No purchase necessary. Open to legal residents of Washington who are at least 18 years old. See official rules at participating Pizza Huts. Bonneville International Radio Station contests are open to participants at least 18 years of age or older that are residents of Washington State. Unless otherwise specified, employees or agents of the station, Bonneville International Corporation, other area radio stations, or any entity associated with the contest are not eligible to win. Unless the station otherwise specifies in its own discretion, persons who have won in the last 60 days from a station contest or event may not be eligible. Full general contest rules are available on MyNorthwest.com or in person at the station during regular business hours. I'm Felix Bunnell, and this is Cairo Radio, stocking full of Northwest holiday history. In our final story, an anonymous Seattle family turned their mansion into a home away from home for soldiers, sailors, and airmen during World War II. Pearl Harbor was attacked 77 years ago this Friday. The U.S. was, of course, officially drawn into World War II. The war had a big impact on Seattle, and one local family made a big impact of its own on thousands of soldiers. Here is historian Felix Spinell with a uh, a breaking story from the past because this is the first time this has been told. Right? Yeah, which is pretty remarkable to me. It's a cool story about a family who's never wanted any attention for what they did in a large house north of the city from around 1942 through the end of World War II in 1945. I'm not going to use their real name. They don't want any attention. They didn't want any then. They don't want any now. But they were willing to share their story, and I spoke with a man named John. John told me how it all came together, and John's not his real name. He described what happened one morning not long after Pearl Harbor when his mother and father looked out at this gorgeous territorial view from their big house and saw that the war was having an effect right here. 
shows. They stood by our windows in this house, looking out on on Puget Sound and seeing the troop ships go by. They said, you know, we have to do something. So they discussed it for a few days, and my mother, uh, three days later, got in her car, went over to, to Pier 91 and talked to Admiral Smith and told him what they wanted to do. That is, open their house to these men who were going overseas. So seeing all these troop ships going by, what this family then did was to turn their spacious home into a free rest and relaxation center for enlisted men. No officers, soldiers, airmen, sailors, Marines for most of World War II. Now, I I was there, and it's this beautiful old house in the 1930s. It was just a few years old at this point. You know, during the war, there was a ping pong table, a record player, books and magazines, and lots and lots of food, plus couches and dozens of cots and other places for people to sleep. Now, because the family worked with the local military authorities, the enlisted men were told about this place from their base commanders, and they, of course, heard about it through word of mouth. So if you had a furlough or if you had the weekend off or whatever, you could just drop in. There was no reservations required. The doors were open 24 hours a day. And this is part of the reason that John and his brother had a special job to figure out the head count for breakfast each day. My brother and I had the mission of going down every morning and finding out how many people came in during the night. The doors were never locked. My mother's purse sat in the library on a shelf. Not not a dime was taken. Uh, it was an interesting time of people dedicated to the service of the United States, men and my parents. And when it was all said and done, it was estimated that the family had served about 20,000 meals and provided the equivalent of something like 5,000 room nights for all the guys who stayed over. I mean, this was a massive thing. And, of course, the USO was around then. There was stuff on right. base. Right. This sounds this was, like a USO. Yeah, like a home away from operation. home. Yeah. It sounds like a musical or a movie that would have, like, the uh, <laughs> Abbott and Costello and the Andrews sisters in it. Uh, maybe I'll write that someday. And there was more than just recreation and food. John's mother would sit up most of the night in this beautiful den on the main floor that the family calls the library. I saw it, and we have a photo at my Northwest. It hasn't been altered a bit since the 1940s. There's this same cool world map wallpaper and shelves full of these gorgeous leather-bound books. In this library, John's mother would listen to these 18-, 19-, and 20-year-old kids pouring their hearts out. Some were on their way to combat and were scared or homesick. Others were on their way back from overseas and had what we would now call PTSD. It sounds like she was a great listener and something of a skilled amateur therapist or just a wartime mom, really. Um, In fact, John's parents bonded with so many of these young men, the family continued to receive cards and gifts and telephone calls from grateful former soldiers and sailors for decades after the war was over. Now, uh, John's parents were long deceased, and so he and his wife moved into this big house back in the 1980s. Until even not that long ago, their phone would occasionally still ring. We've lived here 35 years, and in our 35 years, we also had phone calls. One, the last one that I got, a man said he, his wife had died, and he was going through all of their, her effects and their effects and came upon my, upon my mother's phone number and name. Is it possible that she was alive? I said, no. But uh, he said, well, I've never forgotten That's amazing. And there's at least one former visitor to the house that John and his family are still in touch with. Tommy Finney was a kid from Idaho serving as a medic based in Bremerton, and he and John's parents really hit it off. So much so that that he came back and stayed with the family for a few years after the war ended while he went to college. I asked Tommy Finney, Finney, who's now in his 90s and lives out of state, what the house was like during the war. Oh, it was a celebration all the time. Laughter and conversation and people joking and having fun. It was a terrific place. It was absolutely fantastic. It was was a happy place. And Tommy Finney said having time at that house with those people made all the difference, even when he wasn't there. He left there with a great feeling, and you remember this all the time you were back on duty. It was a wonderful thing. 
A wonderful thing to do. And the level of trust that that showed, too. huh? Yeah, and just this openness and generosity and hospitality. One last thing I thought was pretty cool. Above that same window where John's parents first witnessed the troop ships that inspired them to open their home, there was a balcony. At some point, the family hung a big white sheet off that balcony so soldiers could look back from their troop ships and see where they'd stayed and spent a few magical hours. I mean, it's just like, again, it's, it's like, I'm, I mean, I got to write this, this I got to work on the screenplay after we get done with the holiday play. But the family clearly didn't do this for the kudos. They were doing it from the yeah. goodness of their heart and, and repaying, you know, a debt to society and just being amazing hometown hospitality providers. It's a great story. Thanks for joining me for Cairo Radio, stocking full of Northwest holiday history. I'm Felix Bunnell wishing you and yours happy holidays, but I think Santa Phil said it best. Merry Christmas to all the listeners of Cairo Radio. Ho, ho, ho!